Retro Rebel Gamecast, episode 51, is brought to you by TempleofGeek.com, your one-stop shop for all things geek. You can find all of our episodes and fulfill your sci-fi, fantasy, and geek culture-related needs at TempleofGeek.com. Welcome to the Retro Rebel Gamecast, where we discuss gaming and related topics for you, the listeners. Retro Rebel is released every Thursday, usually, and you can find this episode and much more by heading to templeofgeek.com or wherever you download your favorite podcast. You can even find us on Facebook at Temple of Geek for exclusive content and to see what else we're up to. My name is Stacy, and with me is my fellow Rebel co-host, Amanda. Hello. Hello. Yes, so... I am here. You are here. If you've been listening to the show, and if you listened to the last few episodes, we did have a minor hiccup technically the other day, but uh, we are back. We are officially recording. There will be no issues with this one. Um, I will have to say, though, that uh, at the time of this recording, by the time it's released, some of this news might be dated. Uh, but as I uh, as I go into it, I will try to uh, control for that as much as possible, and just wish you well in all of the things that you might be already experiencing as we uh, as we notify you about it. <laughs> <laughs> oh, but anyway, so what have you been up to? What have you been playing? Well, uh, I've had a relatively unsuccessful gaming week. Um, Good start. Yeah, it was really disappointing. So. I, I did the thing that I usually do when I don't have any, like, games in. Right. Um, and so I was waiting on my next, like, release to come in. I had gotten Destiny 2 in, and as we all talked about last time, I it didn't thrill me. So I returned it quite quickly. And I was sure to um, go into, uh, since that was part that was uh, deleted or, or was never recorded, I had to be sure and tell our listeners uh, exactly what you thought about it. Yeah, it, it's unfortunate because I'm sure it could have been good. I just didn't find it to be good. Right. Um, so I had a lull, so I did what I do, and I went through the backlog. At the moment, I've got a trial of Xbox Game Pass that I'm using. So uh, for anybody that's looking at Xbox Game Pass, it's like 10 bucks a month, and you get access to their catalog of games. My initial reaction to Xbox Game Pass is, you kind of have enough, at least at our age, with the games with gold-free downloads, because I don't think that I would ever have enough time to go through all the games in the catalog or even the ones I'm interested in. I downloaded like 10 games that were available and struck out on all of them. So it was really hard to find something interesting. So just, you know, briefly, because I don't want to take loads of time, but um, I played um, Unwritten Tales 2. It had an interesting premise. It was, like, really tongue-in-cheek. I was very excited for it. And then I realized it was just a really convoluted RPG puzzler sort of thing. And okay. it wasn't very intuitive what the next part of the step should be. Well, the rules in are order unwritten, to solve so... the puzzle. Well, yeah, it was really unwritten. Um, <laughs> the humor and stuff is fun, and if you like that sort of game, then you might enjoy it. It's very much one of those, oh, we need to get to X you know, place, and in order to do it, we need a pot of gold. 
how are we going to find a pot of gold? And then you have to like, you know, fish something out of here and then make a potion and then bribe somebody and then, you know, chase a rainbow literally to a pot of gold. And then, you know what I mean? We're right. just like, Oh, come on. Like it kind of went on and on with the complexity, like unnecessary complexity right. of the puzzles. So it wasn't really for me. But maybe for somebody else it is. The second game that I played, which filled me with absolute disappointment, was Sea of Thieves. Oh, no. Yeah. And I must have missed all the hype about this game. Apparently, it's like the long-promised game by Rare that's going to well, we show did, up. We did Dude. mention it on, on the podcast in that uh, we mentioned it as a game, an upcoming game or games to look forward to. It's one that I was actually most excited about. You you really wasn't on your radar. But for me, I was actually pretty excited about the promise of this game. Yeah. I would pass. So basically, what happens is you get two options with this gameplay. Option one, which was the first thing that happened to me, is you load up. It says, what size ship do you want? And in like the larger tile, there's two tiles, like a big ship and a small ship. And the big tile, the bigger one, is like a galleon. And you're like, it's essentially saying, pick this one. So I was like, okay, galleon. And then it's like, do you want a big crew or a small crew? And I was like, a small crew, please. Yeah. And then you go into it, and suddenly you are thrust into yet another multiplayer pug group where the first five minutes I couldn't figure out how to get to my ship because there's no tutorial. Yeah, I was asking these random people that I had never met in my life how to get to my ship. And it ended with them uh, sinking the ship. Then uh, we, you like go back to the mermaid. The mermaid puts you back on the ship. Yeah. And then they they splashed water into my face, voted me into the brig, and then like threw drinks on me while they played accordion until I respawned. <laughs> I mean, just let's just be honest. That's funny. It was. And you know what they said? Have fun and see a thieves. And then they disconnected. Ah, uh, so. Like, okay. So basically so you had some trolls in there that just were there to ruin somebody else's time. Absolutely brutal. But I was like, okay, I was a noob. Fair enough. There's got to be some way to play this alone. Like, I get that it's an MMO, but, like, I want to kind of figure it out on my own. Right. Um, so I was like, okay, I'm going to go with the small ship. If you pick the small ship, which is not intuitive, then you get the option to sail by yourself. Yeah. And I was like, brilliant. I'm going to sail by myself. So I had already figured out how to get on my ship. No problems there. I, you know, I get on my ship. I start sailing. Blue, blue, blue. I'm like, you know, everything's going well. Like, I actually know how to sail in real life. So this is fine. Like tacking the sails. I know how to steer. No problem. And all of a sudden I'm in the middle on the way to like the waypoint that I can see in the distance that I want to get to. And my ship just sinks. No warning. No warning whatsoever. Like, yeah? did it tell you so, where it sank from? No, it just sinks. There's no like tool tips or anything. That's supposed to be the like immersive gameplay. They just don't tell you like any context. I had no clue anything was wrong. There's like no notifications or anything like that. Um, this may be different if you, if you were like to play it on PC, if that's an option, but on console, this is rough sauce. So it respawns you somewhere. I don't know where the map's like really hard to figure out. So I was like, okay, I'm going to try again. 
I start sailing again. This time I get closer to my destination before the same exact thing happens. So I get to where I'm going, which is like this pirate cove thing. Yeah. And it's like the pirate fort and it looks really cool and menacing. And I've got a little tiny gun and a sword and I'm like, I'm going to give it a go. There's nobody (laughs) there. Naturally, you're going to be able to get in there. There's nobody there. It was all empty. There's no one there. Like, there's no NPCs there. There was nothing there. Nothing. Hmm. And there was a chest on the shore, yeah, which I'm assuming had something to do with some quests and some merchant guilds. Trust me, it's not intuitive. So I was just like, oh, I'm going to pick up this ship. So so you pick up the chest, you take it, you put it in your hold or whatever. And I was like, okay, I've got some loot. I'm sure I'll figure out something to do with that later. Apparently, after reading walkthroughs, I found out that you're supposed to, like, take a mission from someone and then somehow figure out how to get there and then get the stuff in your hold and then take it somewhere. Yeah, so I had pretty much done that without getting the mission. And I was like, brilliant, I'm going to take this back to the one place I've been to that I know has NPCs. What happened? I sink in the middle again. I look it up <laughs> online, and apparently underneath the ship in the cargo hold, which you are supposed to be able to sail alone, it is springing lakes. <laughs> you know what I mean? It's just yeah. not possible because you actually have to. You have to. So when you mess with the sails, you are only in the sail control. Yeah. When you steer, you are only in the steering control. And when you mess with the anchor, you are only in the anchor control. So it's hard enough to not hit rocks. Yeah. But when you're sailing and going, apparently it's spring and leaks like just underneath. And you if you want to be able to steer, you cannot be going down underneath and looking what's going on because you're going fast. Like it's not slow. So I was like, I eventually got so fed up. I just uninstalled it and said, nope, forget it. Nope. Yeah. Well, that's disappointing. Uh, it does sound like it would have been incredibly entertaining for you to stream your experience. <laughs> uh, so I could have seen just, oh, just all of the comments and and uh, yeah, how inept of a pirate you were. Um, even if it's it not was your bad. fault. Even if it's not your fault that you were thrown in the brig because they just wanted to throw drinks on you and play the accordion. Because oh, of course God. you do so cruel and the character creation screen is just a randomizer of five random options at a time so it was really hard to find a character that i wanted to play to start with yeah and then yeah all that and i wonder if that's because there is honestly now i mean just the more i think about it the less it makes sense that you can't just make your character uh, even though the problem is, is that maybe uh, you won't be living long enough for it to matter, and so you spent longer creating a character than you did uh, playing the game. No, you just lose your loot. It's like, from what I can tell, you don't die from like your ship sinking. Like the same character loaded up. Yeah. That's why I was like, what? <laughs> but okay. uh, yeah. so 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 Sea of Thieves. Like, look, if you like that sort of thing, then maybe. But I found it impossible to do solo. And all the reviews that I was reading about it and walkthroughs and stuff were saying, like, really, it needs to be you and minimum two other people so that one of you can steer, one of you can do the sails, and one of you can check for leaks. Like, that's why you're supposed to have a crew. So you can't really play it alone. And trust me, these random people are not about to help new players. Like, they don't want to help you. Like, 
I even said, like, I've never played this. It's just loaded up into this screen. And, like, I can't figure out, like, what I'm supposed to do. And they were like, oh, let's throw drinks in this person's face and log <laughs> them in the prick. Naturally. So, yeah. So that wasn't great. And then the last game that I tried, which also got sent back, this was actually a rental of mine. And it was called Past Cure. And it is a, like, action-adventure horror sort of thing. And from what I could fathom, like, it starts off like you're in a creepy haunted house. It's made with the Unity engine, and it doesn't look very great. Um, <laughs> and then you're in the haunted house, and you have to, like, shoot these creatures. And when you shoot them, they just shatter. And they only take one shot to kill. And, like, the game started, I was like, okay, like, this is kind of interesting. And whenever they were appearing, like, the doors would all shut. And then it would go like, whoa. And then whatever door was red, that was where they were going to come out of. So, like, you quickly figured that part out. And I was like, actually, this is all right. And it's not that scary because you kind of have some notification. I don't love jump scares. Yeah, it's not right, about that. Right, yeah. So I was like, this is fine. Like, it's creepy in a cool way. And then all of a sudden, there was, like, a really long, like, cut scene. And then you're just some dude in an expensive penthouse in somewhere. And it was definitely some, like, foreign voice acting going on. <laughs> and they were like, go and work out in your gym. Take these pills to retain your sanity. You're a crazy person. And I was like, okay, I have a vision. Like, that was a vision. Fine. Like, there's some sort of kidnapping, like, subplot related to it. Like, there was a 30-second cutscene, like, every 10 minutes, which started to get annoying. Yeah. And the part where I shelved the game was when he started to do astral projection powers that you control. And I was like, no. Nope. How does that fit I think in I don't, I don't know. So the, they didn't explain it very well. And essentially, like, he's battling some sort of mental illness related to his kidnapping and has been studying up on astral projection and figured out how to do it. And so, I was like, no. No. Doctor Strange meets whatever the hell that rest of that game was. Okay. A cuckoo. A cuckoo. Yeah, so that one went back. So we, we haven't had very much luck, but that was my week. Well, uh, it sounds like time well spent. Um, I personally uh, have been playing Far Cry 5. Um, impulsively made the purchase, which is typically how I do things. Um I'm right more than I'm wrong, but even if it's 51%, that's a lot of money that could be potentially wasted. I will learn my lesson one day, Amanda, I promise, and I will rent. Um, but this is a game I'm glad I have. Um, I wanted the I wanted a hard copy of it as well, but I ended up, um, because, again, I'm impatient, buying a digital version of it. So, sorry, I don't guess there's any possible way anyone can borrow my copy. But... Um, and I got it on PlayStation, so, again, for whatever that's worth. Far Cry 5, I haven't played one of the previous iterations. I have not played one Far Cry game. So I don't have really a point of reference for what I would think or kind of how what I'm interested in. Or uh, I'm only going on more or less what the gameplay is and, and uh, how I think... Sweet. Um, yes. So anyway, uh, did you get? 
Looks like yeah. it's getting better though. We'll put ice on it. Yes, my son just got home from school. Um, but uh, anyways, yeah. <laughs> so uh, with uh, um, Far Cry, I haven't played any other iteration. So, but I, you know, I've I've only heard good things. Uh, they're big open world games, uh, more or less third person shooters. Uh, they have a, you know, each one of them has a very unique plot specific to the game, and so. In this one, you are in rural, man, I cannot say that word, rural, 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 um, you're in rural, rural, yeah, rural, 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 you're rural. in the country, <laughs> you're in the country, <laughs> in the country. <laughs> yeah, uh, of Montana, okay, so it's, uh, you know, more or less, most of the map is wooded areas in the mountains next to the water. Uh, you know, you're kind of doing all of these or in all of these environments. Um, you are dropped in the middle of a religious cult. And I think part of the reason what drew me to this is that I've been listening to some of these podcasts uh, that <laughs> for whatever reason, they're very entertaining. I have an hour commute every day. Sue me. But I've been uh, listening to these podcasts that go into like kind of the psychology and the backstory on you know, serial killers and mysteries and things like that. And that stuff kind of intrigues me. And one of the ones that I listened to was a five-part episode on Jim Jones and Jonestown in the 70s, where the whole phrase, don't drink the Kool-Aid came from, uh, where, you know, a number of, you know, hundreds of people committed suicide in this cult uh, by drinking, you know, cyanide-laced Kool-Aid. And... um it just fascinated me how I'm not interested. I mean, it's, it's terrifying and horrifying and, and the was one of the most, uh, one of the most awful things that I listened to was some of the actual tapes of the, of what happened there. Oh, that's creepy. Yeah. Oh, it was, it was awful, but how people can be tricked or brainwashed into, you know, believing what these cult leaders say. And it just kind of is fascinating how that happens because I just can't imagine the thought process or, or the, the amount of time and everything that goes into it. So nonetheless, the topic of, you know, of this particular game, the theme is, is that you're dropped into this religious cult in the middle of country nowhere, Montana. It's terrifying, you know, and the, uh, the zealotry and just the how everybody that's in this cult has bought into this message that it's a they're doomsday preppers. Everybody is armed to the teeth, so much so that it's kind of infiltrated the FBI in the area, the sheriffs in the area, the every the dispatchers. So everybody that kind of has control on traffic, whether it's radio, um, actual physical traffic with vehicles, um, information, everything is checked and filtered by people who are in the cult. So you, you know, you, you start out and, and again, this is probably something you can get from just the trailer. You, you are a rookie in the FBI and FBI or ATF. I can't remember which one, probably the FBI because the ATF has a bad name, bad reputation in these events. And so you're going in to arrest the leader, uh, who I, I want to say his name is, his last name is seed. 
and he wears, you know, colored sunglasses and he speaks, you know, as, as if Correct. he has a, it's interesting. I think the last name seed obviously is a double entendre. It's, it's got another reason for being that. And he's got a brother named John seed who is supposedly even more sadistic. Uh, and then a sister, um, who has her own role. And I haven't really gotten that far into the game anyway. You go in, you're supposed to uh, arrest him, and needless to say, everything goes wrong. You're dropped there alone, uh, or you're, you have a partner at the, at the moment, something really bad happens, your partner gets taken, and you now have to kind of, you have to go get help, essentially. And so you have kind of free reign on the whole island your, uh, you know, you get to go kind of wherever you want to. There, there are multiple different types of quests you can do. You can liberate, um, c- you know, citizens in the area, and they may help you. You can liberate uh, like outposts and kind of take control of them and stuff like that. Um, but other than that, it's kind of a third-person shooter. But there's a lot of character to the game. So, like, if you were to steal a vehicle, on the radio is playing propaganda from this cult. So whether it's music, whether it's news, whatever it is, it's kind of like Grand Theft Auto in this respect, where everything is kind of integrated. And uh, I was reading a really interesting article, I think it was either Kotaku or Polygon, of, of one of the reviewers who was just really trying to listen to the radio. And you're constantly bombarded by people who are trying to attack you. So if you just drive around town, chances are you're not going to have a whole lot of peace. So he basically parked his truck off the beaten path somewhere where he could just listen to the radio and kind of get what the message was from the radio stations and said it was just profound how deep and rich the story really goes and how much effort was put into creating this living and breathing world of, of Far Cry 5. So anyway, it's another one of those games that's going to be a time sink and I'm, you know, I haven't had nearly as much time as I'd like to play it there. Uh, but it's it's been pretty good so far, and uh, I'm I'm looking forward to diving back into it. So it's been pretty good. Sounds sick, man. I mean, I've played Far Cry's before, so the like game mechanics are yeah. standard across all of them. Right. But if you like the way the game works and how immersive it is, I'm telling you, you got to play Far Cry Blood Dragon. You right. got to. Well, I remember that was one of your favorite ones, and so I definitely want to play that one. That one's kind of hilarious. Like yeah, I, I need to. I need to because this one. Not so, not so hilarious. Uh, mostly terrible. No, no, no. Mostly too. It's almost yeah. too real. <laughs> That's the bad part. It's almost too real, um, which we will uh, we will get to later. Well, that brings us to our, uh, I guess, basically our first segment, um, where I wanted to just go into some gaming news. So if, uh, I'll kind of dive right into it. This is gaming news, also not necessarily everything. This is not a, an exhaustive list, but uh, it's some things that I think are interesting. And some things that I'm actually looking forward to, and some things that I think are absolutely ridiculous. Wait, I only have one. You have to let me go first because what? You go if you first. Take it? Yeah, you go absolutely. <laughs> <laughs> Since I have more than one, so yes. So over here in the UK, people are trying to do a change.org petition against the game Fortnite. Oh my gosh. Okay. So for its four. addictive qualities. So a bunch of people have basically gone together and said, this game is, it's a drug. Like people are going to 
buy microtransactions until they die. Like people are playing too much of this. Like, yeah, it's, it's, uh, it's becoming an issue, a social issue, uh, over here at least. I find that, uh, fascinating as well. Um, I had that as a news story that I, not that specifically, but the idea that this addiction uh, and that, you know, it's always been there. Yeah, there's games as an addiction. We're, you know, that's not necessarily the topic, and I think we could go into that. I know evidence and research that suggests that almost anything that gives you some sort of dopamine response is going to be addictive. Um, or could be addictive, uh, and you know. Anyway, I, one of the stories that I had seen recently was Fortnite. You know, Fortnite came out on mobile, so or mobile, and uh, as it's as it's on mobile now, um, students were able to play it in high school or in schools. You don't really see it in college that much, but in high schools you would see a lot of students playing Fortnite while they're in class, and so. Uh, teachers are having, you know, they're struggling with how exactly they're supposed to attack this particular problem because students not only play it at home and on every console, but they're also playing it on their uh, on their phones, which, as anybody who's ever played a mobile shooter, third-person shooter, or Shoot. first-person shooter, it's awful, terrible. Control is awful. I mean, I can't imagine it being a good experience. It's just you're getting a little bit of whatever it is that you just can't seem to get enough of. Because you have no discipline and you're weak. Um, I'm just joking. <laughs> uh, but I'm, I mean, so, you're preaching so to the choir of someone with no discipline as she vapes. <laughs> oh, exactly. Exactly. Well, at least, but yeah, you're right. Never mind. Yeah. Uh, I did used to smoke properly, but you know, well, you, at least I was able to kick that. <laughs> exactly. Exactly. And now at least it's got water vapor in it. So. Yeah, and I'm Darth Vader, which I think is more fun. It's way more fun. <laughs> it sounds cooler, and and your clothes don't smell smell nearly uh, as awful. It can be made to smell fruity, so you yeah, the you. watermelon, as it turns out. As it turns out, absolutely. So, but anyway. yeah, that's the big controversy over here right now. That's the only uh, news I had, but it's becoming a thing. It, it is, and it, you know, if that's how you want to live your life, live your best life, whatever. You know, understand that uh, very few people are ninja and can get paid a million dollars to stream Fortnite, and it's not probably you. So I would hedge my bets and get a job and go to it, um, so that you can play Fortnite in moderation on your own time. And this has been a public service announcement, Temple of Geek. Uh, so. In other news as well, Fortnite, I mean, I, I, it's still a fun game. So, um, you know, to those that can't handle that, they just want to ruin it for everyone else. So, start a petition. Well, here's something that's even more ridiculous than that, if you can believe it. Um, <laughs> although I know you'll believe it, Nintendo had something to do with it. Nintendo has a clothing agreement with Bloomingdale's. Did you know this? Shut up. I'm serious. <laughs> they have. Bloomingdale's is for fancy people. Who well, do they think they are? If you needed uh, a 185 American dollar sweatshirt, I know where Direct you can get it. Direct debit $5,000. <laughs> I know where you can get it. Um, so, yes, uh, there's a Nintendo collection at Bloomingdale's. Uh, it opened last month. Uh, and so I think it there it's obviously I'm, I'm sure it's still available 
Uh, I imagine if you wanted to go onto the interwebs and find it for yourself, you could. Uh, in order. I mean, has way. it sold out of two hundred dollar t-shirts? I can honestly tell you, I haven't invested nearly any time into uh, verifying this story other than getting the source, which I was fine with. Why would you make this up? I'm not going to go to Bloomingdale's and check it out. Uh, I thought you were about to say I haven't invested enough money in it yet. And I was going to be like, get yeah. out. I, I, they don't have payment plans. So if they did, <laughs> maybe I could get a sweatshirt. But they don't. So, uh, so anyway, I should get one just to burn. <laughs> oh, <laughs> take that. I show you by wasting my money on something corporate America. <laughs> Take that. Yeah. yeah. Capitalism. Capitalism. I'm going to show you. Now I can't eat this week, but that's fine. I proved a point. Um, <laughs> but uh, so that, I thought that was interesting. Um, also, uh, their, Nintendo is bringing a game back to their um, to their Switch that I, and their eShop, which I thought was actually really cool. Um, they're bringing the arcade version of Punch-Out to, um, to the eShop. And if you've never played the arcade version, like back when arcades were a thing, kids, it was a thing, and you could go to an actual brick-and-mortar building that had game cabinets, and it was the most glorious and awesome time to be alive, was when you could go, well, besides now, if they had those now, this would definitely be the best time ever, even all things considered. But this was probably the best thing about my childhood was being able to go to places like this that had these cabinets and just rows and rows of games. And and they weren't there now. You know, the arcades now are about tickets and about getting as much money from you as possible. And they don't even let you put coins in there anymore because they don't want you to know how much you're spending on the games. If you haven't done it, it is a super racket. It is ju- It breaks my heart. So this is a, a throwback game. If you played Mike Tyson's Punch-Out, it's this is the basis for Mike Tyson's Punch-Out on, on the Nintendo Entertainment System. You play his little Mac. He's this green polygonal figure that you can kind of see through. He's nondescript, doesn't really have a face. Um, and you basically do the same thing that you did in the other games. I mean, you have to work your way up through the ranks and fight all the characters. It's a throwback game. It's really a game for fans. Uh, I think anybody who um, anybody would enjoy it. But I really think this is uh, playing to the fans and, and people who played the game before. So I'm actually really excited about it. I'm not planning on buying it, Amanda, but I am still excited about it, um, which means I probably will buy it. Um, yeah, I don't know why you felt like saying that to me when we both know you're going to buy it. <laughs> I wanted to believe. I want to believe. I won't do it, but I will. I mean, nope. I know you will. Nope. Yeah, you, you, you know me, and I will. Uh, but I'm totally <laughs> saying I won't because I'm trying to convince myself that it's more of a uh, rhetorical question to myself. Will I? Won't I? I'm definitely not going to because I am absolutely going to. Um, I mean, I'll clap for you. I believe in fairies. I believe uh, in fairies. I feel the condescension just reeking from <laughs> that statement. Ooh, that was a big word. It was. Well, I try not to. I'll try not to do that anymore. Um. The Okay, in the last bit of news that I wanted to announce, I found out today that Battle for Azeroth, uh, the latest expansion for World of Warcraft, will be released April 14th, which means that by the time you are... That's really are, soon. That, that is. That's in the future, but as you listen to this, it is in the past. So, that said, I hope you are playing and enjoying it. I'm going to tell you now that I am as well, and I can't believe all the new zones 
and are characters that I have made and am enjoying my time in Battle for Azeroth. <laughs> the future. In the future. <laughs> future me came back. Future me came back and wanted well, you all to know well, we all it comes out. Exactly. It comes out uh, the 14th, which is in the future, and I've thoroughly enjoyed it the last five days. So <laughs> it has been it's been a lot of fun. So anyway, that is the gaming news. And that brings us to our to our third segment, which uh, is is a subject that I, I'm actually really interested to hear uh, where you uh, where you want to come from with this. Um, we're going to do this kind of in a two part as well. So this episode, and next episode, we'll, we'll kind of do the bookends of it. But the, for the first end, I want to talk about what gaming universe would you least like to be trapped in? Now, of course, as always, I'm absolutely going to cheat and kind of describe more than one. Um, I will pick one, but I think it. I, I think it, this is a difficult choice to make because there are a lot of places that would suck to live in. Um, but I wanted to do a caveat here, and 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 uh, which I didn't warn you about, so I completely understand if you are not prepared. Um, <laughs> if I wanted to keep it in somewhat realistic terms, if that makes sense. So. Semi-realism, so keeping it, uh, not, Dragon Age doesn't count, um, but something, I would say, dra- does Dragon Age count and Skyrim doesn't? I mean, there's magic and elves and things and all of those. I, um, I would say it needs to be an an Earth-based, okay. realistic okay. game. I agree, and, and that's that's kind of how, I, but I didn't, I didn't really... Uh, I didn't really clearly define the rules, so I wanted to say that first so that uh, you'd kind of know going into it. And if you want to list more than one, you're completely okay doing that because it gives me uh, a license to do so as well because I'm going to do it anyway. So. Well, go for it then. No one's stopping you. <laughs> well, I'll let you go first unless you want me to go first. No, you go first. first? You're okay. setting the tone, my friend. That's true. I'll set the tone. We'll go ahead and go first. So. Um, I did list, I've listed a few that I think would be terrible to, to live in. And I think it's, I, I, I you listed a few, you three. said the least, the least, I listed a That's few a single... and I'm going to pick the one that is the worst. All right. Fine. Um, <laughs> like I said, I'm setting the tone. This will give mm-hmm. you time. Uh, so I, I listed a few. So the, the first one that, that I thought of when this came up, when I thought of this, I was just thinking about, as I was playing Deus Ex again, and I was thinking about how much I actually really would like, uh, and if I lived in this world, I'm like, man, if I could have bionic vision, or if I could replace cancerous cells or a limb with bionic version of it, I don't know that I wouldn't do that. Um, I can't say for sure that I wouldn't. However, in this world, there is such animosity for people who have um, augmented themselves uh, that you have, and it, it's it's a it's a global thing. So whereas you know we may always have some form of dissension and and um, you know disharmony between races to some level, and that may be forever, but this in this game is such, on such a high level that. Whether you you are human or you're on the other side with the augmented bionic people, um, there's war and war is like all the time, and so you're you're never really safe, and it's it's kind of dystopian to the point that um, 
think it's more realistic to me than maybe even a world like Fallout, which has uh, it is dystopian and it would be kind of terrible. But there's there still seems to be some level of uh, like society has regained its foothold and there's still civilizations and there's still you know organized in in this it it feels like it's teetering on the end like the end of times it's about to be over and so i think that kind of stress and that kind of um that looming over you i think would make just living in general every single day it would be like living in a war-torn third world country and it's everywhere in the planet and so i think that would be bad I don't like that. I think that would be bad. I think everyone would could argue that would be bad. <laughs> so um, that was the first one I thought of. Uh, the second world that I I felt would be well when I was thinking of this topic, another world that I I that came to mind was um, again this Far Cry. Um, this one in particular, though, living in a in a in a world where I'm stuck behind enemy lines with a group of people who are who have a mindset and they are so it was it's it was so terrifying watching and listening and and seeing how this all unfolded knowing kind of what's already going on in the world and that this is not that far removed from actual reality that I think it's what made it as as scary as it actually was so like you can play Outlast or Slenderman or any of these games that have like monsters in them and you can disconnect a little bit that those are not real. Like, that's not real. And so it's not quite as scary. Um, but having real human people, there is no, this isn't a monster. This isn't something that's imagined. This is stuff that is based in reality in an area where civilization hasn't really touched and something like this could manifest and grow and flourish until it got to a point where it could do exactly what it's doing, carving out a, an area of the United States for itself and standing up against, you know, the, you know, the, the powers that be. And so uh, just being behind enemy lines, it reminded me a lot of the movie uh, Red Dawn, the original, not the just awful, terrible, no good remake that they did in the 2000s. Um, but the original Yeesh. one where you had you had kids sitting in their high school looking at the window as kids always do as you always will you know you're just imagining what it would be like to not be in class right now and then all you see is russian soldiers dropping paratroopers that are dropping into the yard and and seeing that knowing that you that those aren't obviously you know american soldiers um when that washes over you it's just terrifying so um, that would be, that was, that was another terrifying one for me. Did they all hit the party? And then uh, for the the last one, um, or the one that I would most uh, or least like to be trapped in. Um, so you know, being in a in a religious uh, internment camp would be awful. Um, but uh, and, and like I said, that seemed to be very realistic. But I think for me, 
hands down the most terrifying and it's not that far-fetched for it to be real uh, would be The Last of Us. Um, the Last of Us where, you know, for those that haven't played this game, The Last of Us is it bases their monsters on real science. So the cordyceps was a fungus that actually literally does infect ants. So at this point, this fungus affects ants. It makes the ants do what it wants it to do by climbing up to the highest point and then staying there until it dies because the spores have burst from the top of its head. And then the spores are released. It's disgusting. It's exactly what happens to the humans, though, because this fungus has adapted and evolved to affect humans as well. And if humans breathe the spores, then their faces turn into the same spore-giving monstrosity that those that those uh, uh, ants became. So, terrifying. But what's most terrifying about this game, though, is not just the monsters, because at least cordyceps and the, and the clickers and the bloaters and, and the runners and all of the, the variations of stages that you, that you kind of enter as you become infected, each of those stages, they're terrifying enough, but they're simple and they can't help it. And so from that respect, it would be like wandering into a wild animal's habitat and having to defend yourself. If you know that, well, you can predict their behavior. They will always act this way. It, I mean, it's like they, it's not their fault. It's like you are in their domain. And you get it, and that's just how it is. The scary part about The Last of Us is the human aspect of it and how terrible people actually can be and will be when pushed to their extremes, how animalistic they can become. And, you know, trying to save and keep your humanity, which is, I think, the the underlying themes of The Walking Dead where they've lost their way so many years ago. But that's kind of the purpose, you know, is that people can be terrible. People can be the worst monsters because you may not be able to predict them. And they do hide their motives sometimes. And that maybe you'll have this group that is actually cannibals. And this group who actually is misogynistic would be a compliment to them. And this group that, you know, and so having all these different groups and seeing the human element of it just made a game that was already scary because of the formidable villains you have or the you know the monsters that you have to face but then you also have this uh you know this human component where humans are the most they're really the most terrifying of all uh and end up um being some of the 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 most evil and heinous they're doing some of the most evil and heinous uh acts acts in the whole game so for me most terrifying most terrible uh gaming universe to be trapped in that is based in more of an earth reality would be uh would definitely be the last of us i risked my case yeah i mean you you did and and thanks <laughs> for that and you've given me enough time to match you so how do you feel about that <laughs> i do feel i feel good i feel like i did uh everything i could to help <laughs> look i i think it makes sense i think um especially like body modification, things like that is a tough subject this day and age. Like not, you know, cybernetic augments are not a thing yet, but with, you know, the new um, like wearables and stuff that are coming out, we're getting closer and closer to the fact that Samsung and, and stuff, they're making little 
contacts that have TV screens in them. Like it's only a matter of time. So I think that's something we'll actually have to address in our lifetimes. I think religious cults are scary always. Um, and I think like the fanatical Midwest and stuff is scary. And that's why a lot of horror films are kind of based out there because when people are isolated, um, or a bit unstable, like anyway, it becomes, they become more susceptible to that sort of thing. And then, you know, no one, no one wants to be part of any crazy, disgusting outbreak. So, and (laughs) you know, those sort of things are possible, you know, like the, I think the film 28 days later is a great example of how a virus that just makes people rageful. It was literally all it did could have that sort of similar impact. So, you know, I, I think those are all valid. If you need my blessing. Yes. Thank you for your blessing. <laughs> what about now you? Though? My list, yeah. which is a much better list. Of I'm course. Just put it out there. Yeah. I mean, I don't think there was ever a question. I would say the uh, number three in my rank list, I'd have to put Far Cry Primal. It's only because of your exposure to the elements in the wild that would be scary. Like, it's not a horror game. It's not post-apocalyptic. This is our real past. Yeah. But, you know, when you're playing it, and you go to a campsite and you light a fire hoping it's going to protect you and wolf after wolf after wolf comes after you in the dark like that's scary and that was real so i'd put that on my list of no thanks i'm glad that wolves don't chase us now like (laughs) (laughs) cheers uh number two wolfenstein two just the sheer brutality, the racism, the horrible example of what life could have been like if the Third Reich wasn't defeated. Yeah, the fact that one that, is you know, pretty bad. Th- that's horrible, and it could have happened, and yeah. it could still happen. There are really strong right-wing fascist groups across this planet that you know, not just in America, but everywhere that oppose freedom and and people's right to do what they want with their time on this planet. So, you know, I think that it would be a very scary world to live in and very realistically possible. And then the last one, slightly less realistically possible, but me and my husband have a phrase in this house and it's, there's never a good day in the walking dead. There's never Uh, a good day. That is true. There's never a good day. We, we've been watching the TV series since the beginning. Um, and I've played all of the games, all of the expansions, all of the spinoffs, everything. And just when you think there is a moment to breathe, somebody dies. Right. You know, somebody takes your stuff. Somebody gets hurt or injured or, you know, other dynamics come into play. And there just literally never is a good day in The Walking Dead. If you watch the show or you play any of the games, like just think back to any distinct period of time in the game, the show, anything where everything is fine. Like every is a struggle and just just an absolute pile of garbage every single day. And I don't know 
if I would make it that far and not because I'm not, you know, strong enough or whatever. Like I'm fairly confident I could learn to protect myself and stuff like that. But I would just be overcome with depression that I wouldn't be able to bother waking up, you know, I'd, and I think that's probably the worst part about it. It isn't, you know, it isn't about the walkers or whatever. I think the other people tend to be worse right. um, to each yeah. other. For so, the same reasons, yeah. I, I think they don't, the walkers are just acting as they know to act. It's like they are instinctive. There's no malicious or evil. There's not, they're not evil. You know, it's like they, you can, I think you can kind of, even though it would be difficult, I think you could put your mind someplace where putting them down is more humane than, than letting them roam because they can't help it. They're, you know, they're just going to continue to rot and they, until they can't move anymore, but then they'll still be moving and still be, you know, whatever, whatever part of them still has muscles and sinew and whatever else it can, it will, you know, uh, but the people are the worst, you know, anyway. Like, have you, have you been keeping up to date with the TV show at all? You know what, this year, I have to admit, this is the first year that I haven't. I've watched it since the beginning as well. And this year, I got like three episodes behind. And I was getting frustrated mm-hmm. with some of the, like, the garbage people. Uh, they pissed yeah. me off so bad that, like, I think I just didn't want to watch anymore after they betrayed um, Rick. I was. Oh, like, you're really behind. Well, I, I know that they ended up siding with, oh, I'm behind, like, last year. like But this same season... Hey. But this, I, I begin watching it, but I've only watched like the first episode of this season. Like I didn't see, spoiler alert, Carl's death. I didn't see, um, you know, any of that. Um, but I know well, about it. Well, you know, well, since it doesn't sound like it's going to be a spoiler and it's not as big as Carl's death, I think the point that I was going to make is when this season they started to dabble in what is essentially biological warfare, it just showed how low people were willing to go in order to win. Um, And I feel like that is also a reality Um, that, you know, in, in dire situations, some people are good and and try to do their best and other people just try to win um, and, you know, damn the cost. So I think that would rank number one, least favorite world I'd like to live in. Like it makes for fun games and, and interesting television, but it's definitely like cringe watching, you know, because there is never a good day in the walking no, dead. No, there's not sadly. So there you go. Well, good. Well, fine. That is uh that is tragic. And I think that's a very similar universe to uh, the, the last of us. So, well, that brings us to our final uh, topic or our final uh, category. This is a five-part series that we were doing. We started last week in our 50th episode. If you didn't get, if you didn't catch that one, go check it out. Um, but we were doing games that define you. We started with our first game last week, where Amanda listed City of Villains as a game that would define her and who she is, and as a gamer, uh, but also kind of just a little bit about who she is personality-wise, you know. And for me, I listed uh, Knights of the Old Republic. Uh, in terms of gaming and kind of who I am as a person as, as a way of defining um, who I am. So this week, Amanda, what is your game that defines you, your second game, 2 of 5? Yes, yeah. so my second game, 2 of 5, and I've actually made a list, 
so deal very with it. Nice. Very, very good. Uh, you gave me too much time. I've got I a list. Wanna... Look, there's a paper here. What? So I know I've upgraded because I don't ever write anything down. <laughs> <laughs> so my my second one, I'm going to go with The Witcher. I'm just going to go with the whole series because, uh, you know, I think I think that's unallowed. And you do weird things all the time. So now I'm just going to go true. with series. So for the best of this, I'm just going to love the whole series. Because otherwise I could be like, The Witcher 1, and then next week, The Witcher 3. Like, right. you know. I think that's good. So I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to go with the whole series. So I think the, the Witcher, it's irreverent. Like, he's a good guy in spite of it. This kind of goes to the whole anti-hero thing that I enjoy. Um, and he's kind of like a swarthy love pirate. So I'm, I'm, you know, he's cool. He's a cool love dude. Pirate. Yeah. You he know, have a ponytail in the last game and a beard in the last game. He does. And you can change his hair, which I did a lot, you know, he's got <laughs> the barber to get it sorted out, you know, right now we have the same hair length. Mine's just not white. So, well, yeah, nice. but, but that could change. Maybe I need to dye my hair. Who knew? This is true. Well, um, mine is white. So maybe I could get a ponytail. <laughs> Yeah, but that's because you're old, mate. (laughs) (laughs) Exactly. So, uh, so I would say The Witcher because you know he's funny. He is an adventurer. He's trying to help people, but kind of it feels like a bit reluctantly or maybe a bit self-serving. And you know he's still a a decent dad. And he's still a decent dad. Sort of. <laughs> kind of, yeah. Yeah, um, so that's my pick. What's yours? Well, nice. Witcher. Okay, I can take it. I can dig it. Uh, with In doing so, you have opened the door for me to do the same. And so I am also going to list a series, and I'm just going to one-up you by listing all of Final Fantasy. But I'm going to list... Uh, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to talk about the first one only. But I, I want to lump all of them in together because I've played all except for two. Uh, I didn't play... Uh, the MMOs, and I did not play 10-2. I think I played 10, but not 10-2. Um, and so that may leave one other one out, but I'm pretty sure I played all of them and finished all of them. Those naming conventions are whack. Right. Well, once you get up there in that ballpark and you're dealing with those games where one of the characters actually was just a dream the whole time, the story's always been kind of convoluted, so we're not even going to go there. <laughs> The, but what I wanted to, why I wanted to list Final Fantasy as a series, but Final Fantasy One in particular, is because Final Fantasy, as a as a gamer, helped. It was I, I played it first on the NES, and I played it originally on the NES. So I was a kid when it came out. Um, it was the first big RPG that I played, first real RPG that I played, and it got me interested in all of the mechanics that I would grow to love in every other RPG from that point forward. I learned about classes. I learned about progression and and balancing parties. Uh, what you know, turn-based strategy, more or less, how that worked. Um, every game from that point forward would be based off of mechanics that I got from this Final Fantasy game. Whether it was just trying to keep your party alive, how to manage resources during a really long boss battle, which they don't really have those anymore. You know, there were boss battles back in the day that might be 30 minutes long you know they'd be 20 30 minutes long but that's my whole gaming time oh i know now there'd be no way and i think that's kind of one of the reasons why it's changed uh i mean even world of warcraft you know a raid might be all night 
But now you can do a wing in 15 minutes, you know, and, and that'd be it. And so uh, they, they've, uh, I know that they've kind of modified it for people so that they can consume it in smaller doses. But back in the day, uh, it, I grew to love that. And even though, and there was no direction, you had a map that came with the game, and that was telling you kind of the bestiary. So I knew all the monsters that were in the game, and I can kind of get an idea about that. Uh, I also knew the map, so I knew where everything was, and, and it just showed me how big. And, and at the time, I thought that game was huge, and it was one of the biggest games. Uh, it, but it, but it, it kind of inspired my love for uh, role-playing games, which is my favorite genre from that day forward. Uh, I got, I mean, I started playing Dragon Warrior right after that, uh, and and then just tried to consume as many any any game that popped up as being a role-playing game, RPG or JRPG. Uh, I I kind of assumed would be right up my alley because of what I learned and how much I enjoyed Final Fantasy One, and then all the subsequent you know iterations after that. So for me, game that defines me, Final Fantasy One, comma the series. <laughs> but well anyway well that wraps up this episode of Retro Rebel Gamecast I want to thank Manda for this uh, discussion and, and for all of her input and her excellent notes and the things that she brought to prepare for this particular episode I wanted to thank her for those things all of our notes from this episode will be posted on our site at thelookgeek.com if you'd like to add to the discussion or just reach out with questions please sound off in the comments or email us at retrorebel at templeofgeek.com if you like what you hear, tell your friends and tell your family. Head over to iTunes or wherever you download your podcast and subscribe. You'll be first to get the episode as it's released. And please rate us because that really helps our show. Until the next time. See you later.